Welcome to the second of two back to school episodes for the 2017-2018 school year. I'm your host, Dave Mall. With the start of the new school year only days away, we're going to shift our focus to the classroom. Dr. Lou Ann Hudson, the district's director of instruction, will join us to talk about some of the exciting new programs taking place in our schools this year. She will also discuss the formulation of the district's instructional model and the expansion of the Spanish Immersion Program into our middle schools. Later, Dr. Jay Owens will stop by to talk about special education services in the Indian River School District. For our first segment, here's my recent interview with Dr. Luann Hudson. Joining me now is Dr. Luann Hudson, the Director of Instruction for the Indian River School District. Luann, welcome back. It's been a while since you've been with us. Thank you, Dave. It's I a pleasure it, being here. I think it was last back to school episode you were with <laughs> you, I you think it probably was. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about a number of things here, uh, curriculum and instruction wise, just heading into the new school year. And I guess the first thing I want to talk to you about is any new programs we may have coming in this year, one of which is pretty exciting, um, is the new teacher academy at our high schools. Can you talk a little bit about that? I would love to talk about that. Uh, this is a, actually a program that we have been asking for for some time, and that's a teacher preparation program. So this year, brand new in our high schools is the, the K-12 teacher academy through the career and technical education uh, pathways, career clusters through through the state of Delaware and both of our high schools have adopted this academy so it's been such a popular idea that we actually have had to have two classrooms committed to this at Sussex Central High School which of course as you know is our, our largest high school in the in the district uh, over 1600 students now and Indian River uh, approaching a thousand students will have one class in the teacher prep academy we're we're very excited to be able to offer this for our students. There was a lot of interest in it from the public as well as our parents. And of course, um, selfishly, we are excited about offering this to students as a way to kind of grow our own in our teacher ranks. There, no matter what you hear on the news about people not being able to find jobs, we absolutely seem to have a teacher shortage and concerned about putting quality teachers in our programs who care about our community and, and our students. So we're looking at this as a win-win for our students as well as for our district. Is this like a two-year, three-year pathway um, as far as how it's structured? It is a three-year. All of these have a three-year kind of progression. All of these career pathways have a three-year progression. So, and this one touches on all aspects of elementary and secondary education. Uh, they will be exploring um, all the variety of ages and, and discipline settings as well as special needs and um, regular classroom settings and providing practical experiences for these students. In fact, in their senior year, most of probably which will be their senior year, I guess conceivably it could possibly be junior year, they'll be participating in long-term placements where they'll have in-depth experiences in the classroom setting, almost similar to a, a college experience where you might be doing observing and some mini lessons in a classroom, kind of getting your, dipping your toes mm -hmm. into the water, so to speak, to try to see if this is really, you know, a job for you and something that, you know, you take all of those years of experience in your pathway courses and then you go out into the real world and you say, 
is this something I can make a career out of? So hopefully we'll be sending them all off to college. That's great. This is a this is a, sounds like a really great program. Um, another interesting program we have going this year is tuition-based preschool. This is something we've never done in this district before. Can you kind of just fill us in on the basics of what it's about? Yes. So in the world of preschool, um, early childhood education, which is a, it's a hot topic nationally, studies research shows that students who, or children, who are exposed early on to, uh, you know, early reading skills and language and, and those types of things, they fare much better as they come up through school. And in our society today, it's, it's not always that the parents get to stay home and, and have these experiences with their students. So for years we have provided some preschool education for our special needs students. For years we've offered a program called Project Village, which focuses on language development for early learners. And um, we've, we've been trying to find a way to blend together our programs. Throughout the country, throughout the state, there is intense interest on early learning and the state has offered for the past probably five years a lot of grant money around the STARS program which is running high quality early childhood experiences. We have, not, as a district, we have been involved in STARS. We have five-star programs um, for our TOTS and for our Project Village program but we haven't been able to take advantage of a lot of the grant money because our programs aren't blended together quite the way they need to be in order for us to take advantage of some of those grants. So we have formed a committee, a subcommittee of our district curriculum committee to study our early childhood program and how we can, what the state calls blending and braiding funding. So there are grants we can take advantage of like the um, ECAP grant which we receive for for our Project Village, and we can use our uh, special education funding for some early childhood programs. We can also use uh, Title I funding if we so choose, and of course um, there are local, local monies that sometimes are used um, for early childhood education, however not mandated to be used for those purposes. So in order to take real advantage of what that looks like, you really have to blend programs and blend funding. So with the grants that we receive, along with something called Purchase of Care, which is for our, our most needy families, and the, the state can provide a stipend for providing education to those children, we can therefore generate more funds to offer more services. So we're going to be studying what this looks like with a committee and to find different ways to bring the services to our students and to our community that I know that our families need. The interesting thing about the tuition-based program, I think, is that although we, we offer preschool programs currently, or previous to this year, it's been mostly for, for uh, special education kids and like you said, kids with language development issues um, and those types of things. This will be for more, I don't want to say mainstream, but for kids that are you know on a, on a regular development track in a way. This gives them some preschool services that we haven't been able to provide up until 
this this point. Yeah, that that would be true in, in saying that it, it is another one of those blended and braiding funded areas that we have never taken advantage of. Many of our counterparts across the state all take advantage of tuition-based funding. Basically, it's a student who you're not receiving a grant for or a purchase of care for, you can charge tuition. Um, all of our program need, uh, need what we uh, term model students. So we want to blend and braid the type of students we have in our programs um, for models for language, models for you know, wh- whatever, whatever purpose of your program is. So one way to do that in many districts is they bring in, in t- students who they charge tuition to. So we offered 10 slots this year for the first time ever for a tuition base. We had slots to fill in our afternoon program. So we offered up 10 slots to uh, families on a, on a lottery basis. It's going to be part of the ongoing study we have into early childhood education to see if this is a way for us to enhance our program and to move it forward with different lines of funding and different grant opportunities that eventually we can go back to the state for. If things go well this year, is this something that could be expanded, maybe a few more slots next year on the tuition base? It could be expanded, but I can tell you in this district, it'll be at this time, it will probably be on a very limited basis just because we do not have the space um, to expand to a very, uh, you know, a very large capacity, or we yeah. just don't have a large capacity space to grow into. So that's where we've kind of talked about uh, partnering with some of the five-star programs uh, in the community. I mean, we have five-star early childhood providers in the community, private providers that also take advantage of some of the same fundings that we can take advantage of. So we've talked about different ways of partnering with them to make sure that those students in our community who want and whose parents want an early childhood experience for those kids, they have a way to get that, whether it's through us and one of our programs or through one of the community providers. So we're hoping to work um, in partnership with them. Um, We've heard from a couple of them as we advertise these spots. they want to be part of the solution. They've asked to be on our committee and hoping to help us as we, as we make our programs better as well. Well, another exciting initiative is the possible expansion of the Spanish Immersion Program into the middle school. Now, this is a program we've offered at two elementary schools for several years now, and it's been extremely popular uh, in the district. A lot of those kids are getting ready to move into middle school here in another year or two. What's uh, What are the plans for possibly expanding this at the middle school level? I know that's something we're going to kind of study this year. Yes, we are. We've been working on it all summer, actually. The middle school principals that will be receiving students um, that will be graduating from our elementaries at the end of this year from John M. Clayton into Selbyville Middle School, and then at the end of the 2018-2019 school year, um, the first group will, will kind of graduate from East Millsboro Elementary into Millsboro Middle School. So the principals of those two middle schools, uh, Jason McCready's and uh, Renee Jerns and myself, attended training in Wilmington over the summer with um, some experts from across the country in developing middle school programs so that by the time those students come to us at the middle level, Selbyville Middle School uh, next fall and Millsboro the following, 
we will have a program in place for them. So we are very excited about what we heard over the summer and the opportunity for our students to really grow into their language. So we're really excited about the opportunity for those students to grow into their language and to graduate into those middle level programs, which will take them straight into high school, a very high level of language. And in fact, most of our immersion students should be able to pass with flying colors the AP Spanish test in their ninth grade year uh, if the program progresses as it should. So, so you'll be doing a presentation about this in October or something? Yes, yeah. at the October board meeting mm -hmm. we are going to make a presentation to the public on what these middle school programs will look like. Both principals, Jason McCready's and Renee Jerns, uh, will be the featured speakers. They have some really exciting plans to share with parents in the community about progressing those children forward. There are going to be a lot of very happy parents about that, <laughs> about that expansion yes. into middle school. That right. has been an extremely popular program at the elementary level. So I think we're going to have to advertise that board meeting, and we might pack the house that <laughs> night. Yeah. I guess the last thing I want to touch on is the formulation of our instructional model. Now go ahead and just fill us in on what that is. Okay. In a in a effort not to get too technical, basically we're looking for a instructional model, something that we can put into a, a graphic format that can really show the public, our parents, our teachers, our, our community as a whole, what we stand for in Indian River School District. And uh, we've been working for about a year on what, our, what we believe our core values are and what we value in our learners. What we really want our learners to have and to know and, and what type of student we want them to be when they graduate from our high schools. This is a project that's um, very important to all of us and Mr. Steele has really embraced as well. In fact, he'll be, he'll be videotaping his first what we call message from the top that really relays the instructional message of our school district this fall. So look forward to that coming. Is but this something that's going to encompass all grade levels, all, all levels of instruction? It will encompass all levels of instruction and really, um, really will have many layers of input. So at this point, we uh, unveiled this this summer sort of to our Board of Education in their summer workshop. And we also shared it with all of our principals and assistant principals over the summer at their you know their summer institute where they they take they take those big chunks and then take them back to their school leadership teams and their school staffs as a whole to gain feedback the really important part about this is that this learning community all get to have feedback into what this instructional model looks like it's not just what I may feel is important or what Mr. Steele or, or any of us feel is important as individuals. It's really what we view, how the way we view ourselves as a district as is important for our learners. So by the time this is, is taken back out this week, I think all the teachers in the district are going to get to have feedback on the instructional model. All the schools will then be sending their feedback here for us to compile and to make uh, changes and tweaks to what our instructional model looks like and what our model learner looks like. And then um, we will be, you know, reaching out to uh, the public through board meetings, through uh, other school meetings, their Title I meetings, their parent meetings that they have with their principals. So we're really excited about it. Um, I think it's, it's something that when, is, when all is said and done, 
will help define what Indian River School District, or redefine, shall I say, what Indian River School District is really all about. In, in, in sitting here listening to you talk about it, it almost sounds as if, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's almost like a roadmap of what we want a, a kid's education to be from the time he enters kindergarten to the time he graduates from high school. Is that an accurate assessment of it? You're, ab- yeah, you're right on the money. I mean, basically, we're concentrating on four quadrants of what we think our learners should be about. We want them to be collaborators. We want them to be expert communicators. We want them to be citizens of our community and the global community at large. And we want them to be learners. So what type of work do we need to engage in as a learning community for us to realize this with our students? And for them to leave here feeling like this is what we gave them. Well, Luann, we're just about out of time. Um, I really want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know it's a crazy time of year, Um, but I really do appreciate you uh, coming in and spending a few minutes with us, and I hope you have a great school year. Thanks, Dave. I would welcome any uh, feedback and questions people have about what I've talked about. I'm available through email anytime, and um, happy to hear from our constituents. And email addresses are available on the district website. They certainly are. Thanks again, Luann. Thanks, Dave. Dr. Jay Owens will be along to discuss special education services in the Indian River School District right after this short break. Welcome back. I'm joined now by Jay Owens, the District's Director of Student Services. Jay, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. It's been a while since you've been here. It's good to have you back. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, We're going to spend a few minutes talking about special education and what parents need to know heading into the new school year. So let's start right with the basics. What is an IEP? Uh, Good question, Dave. An IEP, that stands for Individualized Education Program. And any student that qualifies for special services, and there's lots of way to qualify, but any student that qualifies for uh, special services will receive an IEP. And the IEP covers all kinds of things like academics, so a student's math, uh, reading, writing, science, social studies, those kinds of things, how the, the IEP team will support the students. Uh, if they have related services like speech services, occupational therapy, physical therapy, anything like that, if, 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 a, if a student needs extra support, that is written into the IEP and how uh, frequent they will receive the services, how long those services will be in place, and really what they'll, they'll cover. Um, it also covers things like, does the student need summer school, special transportation, Uh, any kind of assistive technology devices. So we really, the IEP tries to really uh, encapsulate everything that a student would need to support them while in in the school to try to ensure that they progress and that they're successful. So it's a pretty important document that basically spells out that child's needs and the the strategies we're going to take to meet those needs in Abs- the classroom. Absolutely. It's a legal binding document that we, we enter into with everyone that's part of that team and the, 
the team is is the teachers, the administrators, anybody providing services to the student, uh, the the student when they reach a certain age, and probably the most important part is is well the student and the family, and uh, what they feel is is most needed to ensure student success. Looking at the special education landscape across the entire district, what types of services are available for students with special needs? Well, I mentioned some that would be included in. Uh, in the related services portion of the IEP, but uh, any student with a disability is entitled to all services that any student uh, would receive. So they're, they're a part of our, our uh, everyday programs that you have in the school, but again, they are entitled to some additional services like occupational therapy if they qualify, uh, speech therapy, physical therapy. We have a team of folks that help with students that are hard of hearing or, or deaf. Um, we, we have so we, we have lots of specialized individuals that try to support uh, students while they're in the classrooms or um, even in the community to ensure that they're they're successful. Mm-hmm. We also have special education coordinators within each building and transitional staff that help students uh, to transition from not only the middle school to the high school but also into the workforce or college. So. Uh, we we have transitional staff that, that work to help in that area as well. Now you're the head of the uh, Department of Special Services for the school district. Heading into 2017-2018, what are our what's the department's goals for this coming school year? We're we're excited for this school year. We've we accomplished a great deal last year, but we're looking to build off of that this year. Um, probably the biggest goal that we have, as always, is to improve supports for students and families. What can we do? To, to best help our students and families uh, while, they're, while they're in school and beyond. So we, we, we always look to see what we can do in that respect. Um, how can we support our staff? What resources do we need to be able to provide staff, whether it's um, a, a piece of equipment, whether it's professional development, whether it's knowledge about the latest trends um, in support for, for students, what can we do to support staff? And, and probably most importantly is, is how do we provide access for, our, for services for our students? How do we open doors for students that uh, they, may not, uh, they may not see as open to them? What can we do to, to help level the playing field or remove barriers that might be in the way of students with disabilities to ensure that they're meeting their, their fullest potential? I know that in, the, in regards to special education, I know family support is extremely important um, to, for, to the child's success. So in that vein, um, you know, what tips or suggestions do you have for, for parents of, of students who are in special education or may have an IEP? We're excited. We've got some parent groups, some focus groups, some, some organizations that can help. Um, so I would encourage parents to be a part of any focus group that we offer we will be offering uh, parent meetings throughout the year where parents can come in and, and get information from our, our teams, our various teams. Um, so just generally get involved. I mean, there's, there's things that you can, can do to, to better inform yourself. We're working on a, uh, a parent committee for our, our students with autism now. That's, we'll get that up and running here in the fall at some point. So that's gonna be a, a specialty area for parents of students with autism. Excited about that. Beyond that, I think it's important for parents to 
make sure they're they're asking a lot of questions whether it's from me as the director of the department or with our uh, specialist within the school really ask a lot of questions they shouldn't uh, be a part of an IEP meeting and not understand what's going on or uh, not feel as informed as they as they need to be so we've got a group of people that really love interacting uh, with the parents and communicating with them um, we just sometimes don't know what we don't know so we encourage our parents to, to contact us and really be a part of that IEP team and a part of the school and understand what's going on with their with their child certainly schedule meetings uh, and, and and get in there and, and definitely be a part of that IEP team. Is it also important for the parent just to maintain regular contact with the teachers too, just in just in general, maybe not even as part of the IEP meeting, just you know, keep frequent contact and make sure things are going well in the classroom? Absolutely. So as part of the IEP team, at minimum there will be a an annual meeting with the entire team. But anytime that a parent wants to have a meeting to discuss what is a part of the IEP they should tell the school that they want to schedule a meeting and then we will schedule that meeting to get the family in and to to make sure we are uh, clear in where the student is and their their timeline of progress as well as future goals for the student and um, how we can basically ensure that they're uh, as successful as possible. Um, the last thing I want to ask you about is an initiative that we started, actually started last year and kind of had a lot of fun with, and that's uh, Special Education Week. Um, we're going to do that again this year, um, and right now it's uh, scheduled for February 26th through March 2nd. And um, this was an, uh, an initiative that went that was kind of like district-wide last year. Right. Um, can you take, take just a minute to talk a little bit about that and maybe some of the plans for this year? Yeah, we're, we're super excited. That's, uh, that's an initiative that we got off the ground last year, and we were just... Um, it really took off and, and a lot of people got involved and, and embraced um, that week. And, and what that is, it's, it's a week for us to just celebrate the services that the Department of Special Services provides to students with disabilities, to raise awareness about uh, opportunities and things that are available to our students, and um, to, to celebrate our staff. We were able to choose ambassadors from across the district that really embody um, all that it is that uh, we believe in, in, in the department and all that we stand for in trying to provide the best possible services for students with disabilities. So every school had activities that um, really involved the whole community that to, to draw awareness to um, special education, and it was just really tremendous. So um, we're, we're going to build on that this year, hopefully, and um, certainly the week will occur March, or excuse me, February 26th through March 2nd, and um, there'll be more to come. Once we get a little closer to that, we'll uh, put some more information out to um, the community to to show what we'll do that week. We're excited. It's going to be a fun time. I thought the I thought the part I enjoyed the most from last year was uh, just honoring staff. I know we had uh, a special education ambassadors from each school that were honored at the board meeting, and I think it was really nice to uh, to really you know special being a special education teacher is a tough job, and it was nice to see them get that recognition. And a lot of times they're the unsung heroes that we don't get to recognize as much as we'd really like to. And so that's an opportunity for us to really put the spotlight on people that work really hard for our students and our families to, to um, make sure our kids are successful. Well, Jay, you've given us some great information, and I really appreciate you being here, and uh, good luck for the new school year. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. We hope you've enjoyed Part 2 of our Back to School episodes. Special thanks to Dr. Luann Hudson and Dr. Jay Owens for stopping by to discuss these important initiatives. 
The 2017-2018 school year begins on Tuesday, September 5th for students in grades K through 12 and on Monday, September 11th for preschool students. Please visit the district website at irsd.net for more information. We hope you all have a great school year. Coming soon on the IRSD Spotlight, we talk with some of the most gifted teachers in the Indian River School District and find out what made them want to enter the teaching profession. But I always kind of floated back to loving being in a school. It was always a place I felt safe and happy and um, always new challenges and um, exciting things every day. It was always something different even though there was routine. Watch for this special episode coming in September. IRSD Spotlight is produced by the Indian River School District. Episodes can be accessed through iTunes or by visiting irsd.net and going to the podcast link under the Discover IRSD tab. It is also available through several mobile podcast apps. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon with more great news and information from the Indian River School District. Until then, remember that Indian River truly is a model of excellence.